All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio Podcast. This will be episode number nine, and in this episode, I will be addressing questions submitted by subscribers. Um, as I went through the list, and it is quite a list, I will do what I can to get all the way through it. Um, it becomes very evident that there are a lot of people out there questioning the very basic things that we have accepted as true for so long, and this is a good thing. Um, in a minute, I'll begin to address uh, the questions, but I want to give a shout out to a supporter who runs YourTechBench.com. Again, that's YourTechBench.com. As a matter of fact, he's provided the new recording tools that I am using. Uh, he makes monster computers. Um, give him a call. Go hit his website. Check him out. Uh, it's unbelievable, the boxes that they're building over there. Incredible. Anyhow, let me get my list up and let's jump right in. Um, but I wanted to say a couple things before we get started on the questions. Uh, as I mentioned before, so many of these questions are people coming to a point where they're prepared to question uh, things that have been accepted for so long as true. And uh, in my daily life, what I have found is that we have been trained to ignore the mundane, the gross things and the subtle things for that matter but if you take the time to stop and logically disassemble these very basic daily things you will begin to realize a few truths as an example i saw this thing where they were talking about role models um that oh finally there was a strong female role model that people could identify with or finally there was a strong gay role model or finally, there was a strong, you know, minority role model uh, on TV that finally these people who needed, desperately needed a role model could identify with. So I took a look at that and I logically began to break it down. What you're looking at here is people being presented with a non-reality. Somewhere in the world, a writer invented a character and then invented the things that will make this character, so-called role model, uh, something that they can put on film and present out to people. But if you logically look at what's going on, anyone who decides to latch onto that and use it as a role model is living in a fantasy world because basically what they have done is latched on to a non-existent entity. There is no person in this world that is actually breathing, living, eating, that matches what they are looking at. It was invented by a writer some somewhere. And then they are trying to base important decisions on their life based on what someone invented. It's a non-reality. It's a fantasy situation. And so much of our world is based in this fantasy. As a matter of fact, if you even take the time to look at the idea of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, past, present, and future you can learn something very important. For people who dwell on things that have happened yesterday, they're dwelling on things that do not exist. They have no substance. There is no there there. Yesterday does not exist, period. It just doesn't. People who do the same thing for tomorrow or the future are caught in the same web. They are spending their time on something that will never be present as they think about it. It does not exist. And chances are, if they think far enough in the future, there's a chance that they may never see that time that they are so concerned with. 
The truth is, is that the only reality that you can grasp in this lifetime is this very second. And here's the catch 22. In the time it took me to say this very second, the second I was referring to had already passed. And so in so many old religious traditions, even Christianity, back before it was kind of perverted to the point that it is now, there was meditation, there was contemplation, there were vows of silence, there were many things like this that had folks doing this very thing that I'm talking about, looking at now, this very second which has already passed in the time that I have taken to talk about it, where they are trying to focus on the only reality that we can get our hands on, which is now, the very second that we can concentrate on, living in the now. When we start to realize the underlying truth in this idea, and we go back to our daily lives and begin to logically disassemble so many of the things we are just taking for granted, it will go a long way on helping us to understand what is true and what is not true. So much of the system of deception that we live in is based on the idea of trying to convince people that false things are true and true things are false. You know, it's a funny thing. We talk a lot about how many portions of the ruling class are Jewish. They follow Kabbalah and ancient Jewish traditions, for lack of better terms. Um, I looked at that culture and I wanted to have a glimpse into the ruling portions of that culture today. And while I'm not speaking about the average everyday person who goes to worship at a synagogue, in my view, that's no different than someone wandering into a church to worship. They're just people who probably have no inkling about what the leadership above them is doing. But in the paper here, which I don't read incidentally, but I noticed a headline the other day and picked it up and read it, there was a story about... I think the oldest Jewish synagogue in the country, which is in Newport, Rhode Island, I think at least the building is the oldest, um, one of the oldest congregations, so I think it was interrupted at one point. Anyhow, there were these two silver bells that a smith had made for the Jewish synagogue way back in the day. I think it was the 1700s. Don't quote the dates. I'm not real good with them, um, but it was, they were very old, and they were going to sell one of these bells to a museum because the pair is worth $17.5 million. Well, all of a sudden, another synagogue in New York brought a lawsuit. And it was crazy, because the case was finally settled, apparently. I haven't followed it. I only read the one day's news. And the judge turned it down and said, no, to New York, you can't infringe upon these people. You can't do all the things you want to. But what the New York synagogue had done, apparently, was seen the value in the silver bells and wanted to evict the complete congregation of worshipers out of this synagogue and gain access to these bells that are worth $17.5 million. And I thought, isn't that so emblematic of the leadership of people who claim to be leading people spiritually in some way? What had basically happened is one place of worship was more than willing and actually trying to get a court order to give them control over another place of worship where they would have evicted the congregation and taken control of these very old silver bells because they were worth a lot of money. And I thought this is just, I mean, this is 
so much of what we see in the modern material world. This is the leadership doing this. Um, I'm not talking about the worshipers. Um, though, one must wonder, if you're in that New York synagogue and you're watching your leadership do this, why do you allow it to go on? Why do you back that? Shouldn't someone at some point say we're here to worship, to try to find a spiritual path upward? Um, anyhow, I thought I would mention it. Right now, I want to give a shout out to a YouTube channel, which almost nobody knows about. And the reason I'm going to mention it is because this gentleman is standing up and he's fighting against the corrupt system that he perceives. In this system, in this case, the law system. The name of the YouTube channel is Rob S. First name is R-O-B, Rob. Last name is E-S-S. Rob S. is in Scotland. And for a lot of us Western folks, it may be difficult to follow a little bit of what he says because he has a thick Scottish accent. This gentleman is standing up against the court system, which I have talked about, the kind of admiralty law that has been shuffled into our midst and disguised as common law and crept into every court that we see. People should go over to that channel and look at what he's doing and look at what he's talking about. Because here is a gentleman who woke up one day, I guess, and realized that what is going on, what we take for granted, what we call basically the court system, the laws of this land are not what they appear to be. So, I mean, there it is. So, anyhow, without any further ado, let's jump into the questions and uh, let's get on with it. And actually, I'd like to make uh, two corrections before we jump into the question. Uh, I'm sorry, the questions. Uh, the value of the silver bells was 7.4. I think I was saying $17 million. And also, I know someone's going to mention it, so I will say, yes, there is a hell of a lot to know about the word and the idea of a bell. Uh, someone is going to listen to this and they'll bring up Ba'el. But that is a heck of a lot to get into, and maybe we can cover that in a future show. Anyhow, let's do this thing. Okay, here we go. We have a number of questions. I will identify the person who uh, who posted the question as those are publicly available. And uh, let's do it. The first question came from, I believe it is J.S.K. Warrick. And uh, this one is a mea culpa. Um, he's asking me, well, I'll read him. Before the podcast launch, I recall you mentioning in an interview that you were planning to do an investigation on the possibility that FedEx planes were being repurposed for chemtrail disbursement. Um, here's what happened there. A longtime supporter and follower, uh, I will call the individual Sophia, um, brought this to my attention. If I remember correctly, a gentleman in, uh, I think it was the UK, had actually begun to amass uh, photo evidence and uh, he had done some research and had been posting it on a website where he was demonstrating that these planes were being refitted to spray. Here's the mea culpa part of it. I had absolutely intended to go back and do this and I had everything, the, the URL and what I had gathered so far stored on a hard drive, which I lost. Um, so... When I got to Rhode Island, having done the move, uh, I had gone back through my old videos, and I'm sure that uh, Mr. Warrick or Miss Warrick is uh, referring to a video in which I mentioned that. I saw it again, and I thought, yeah, I want to get back into this. And I went online to try to find the initial source material, and I couldn't find it. So 
there's where I drop the ball and Mia culpa. But Sophia, if you're listening, uh, maybe you could post if you still have a uh, you know a way to find the initial website. I'm sure you understand because you're the one who found this and pointed it out to me. So there it is. All right, number two. Do you think NASA or any other space program has actually gone into space? Are any of their images of space real or legitimate? And is Hubble a hoax? And this comes to us from Willard Duke. Um, Let me take it backwards. First of all, uh, in my view, the Hubble is absolutely a hoax. Any large, high-tech, ground-based telescope could create the images that we see that are attributed to the Hubble. As many of you who follow me have heard me say, I do not believe we go beyond what is called low Earth orbit. I don't believe we can, and that includes machines. Uh, which brings us to the second, or the third, the second of the three questions you asked: Are any space images real? And in my view, no, none of them are real. And the thing about images from NASA, if you pay attention to the descriptions of images that you're given, quite often you can deduce right out of the gate that they're not real. It'll be telemetry data, it'll be artists' rendering, it'll be, you know, mosaic, all these words to inform you that it is not a snapshot of any kind. So that brings us to the first question. Has NASA or any other space agency been to space? And I will categorically... And this is everything I will say, and this is in my view, categorically state no. Uh, What they have showed us uh, as a description of space and what they have showed us of things like the moonshot have been proven beyond doubt uh, that what we've been handed is a lie. So that leaves the door open to another possibility, that they have lied about what space actually is, that they have lied about going there and shown us constructs, basically, to make us believe that space is a vacuum or any other number of things that we all think are true when we're children and growing up. Uh, The other side of that coin is that there is something else there. Maybe it's water, maybe it's Lord knows, and that they have actually been there and never shown us any of it. The problem with that is, is I don't have any leverage evidence or anything to base that possibility on so what i do is i concentrate on the fact that we know that space as it has been described to us is a lie and that they have never been there according to what we can currently see and study now i hope i covered that okay willard okay sorry i'm trying to keep my list going here all right the next one posted was from gareth wales Crow, great stuff as always. Can I ask, in your view, does the sun rotate in a similar manner to the moon or does it rotate as presented by NASA? Now, this is a funny thing. Very few people understand uh, that the moon rotates about 90 degrees over six hours. Um, And I have had a camera out and I, I haven't measured it exactly, but it's very close to that. And that is the description we get. And when I say rotate, imagine this. If the moon was a pizza and there was a pepperoni at 12 o'clock, over six hours, that pepperoni would rotate about 90 degrees. This is a true thing. We can witness it. In this time, uh, libration also occurs, which is the moon slip, you know, leaning slightly forward or leaning slightly backward. Now, when I've been filming the sun, I have witnessed that the sunspots move in a way that does not seem to match what NASA is presenting in their supposed, you know, images that they show us from, you know, they claim they have 
satellites all the way around the sun, uh, which I do not accept. But what I see is the sunspots kind of rotate linearly from left to right, but quite often the prominences or the flames that would be coming off the limbs of the sun appear to rotate counterclockwise in the way I just described the moon's movement. So it's a strange thing, and I had planned to at some point do a more in-depth study of this, but to do that it requires really a full day waking up in the morning when the sun's visible and getting stills and video as long as you can throughout the day. Ah, Moving on, our good friend Mr. Randy Bryant, who has filmed the Lunar Wave a couple times. All right, here we go. Crow, first and foremost, I want to thank you for your due diligence and staying the course. It means a lot to a lot of people. Thank you. We talked about a lot of different things, problems, situations, and events that happen all around us. Can you maybe shed some light and your thoughts on the resolution steps that people can take to make the ascension of knowledge or the essential or the ascension to a higher level of spirituality? Okay, so let me see if that's all the question there. Okay, so the the last part of that goes on to say, uh, because at the end of the day, or at the end of our life cycle, we have to have peace and no fear to move on to the next level and our, and in order for our energy to transfer in a positive manner. All right, so basically what Randy is asking here is what steps can the average person take to begin to spiritually get on a better path and start to climb the ladder, get on the next rung? Uh, and he closes out by talking about fear. So again, I'm going to take this backwards. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is a fantasy. Fear has no actual reality, if you can consider this in the way I'm intending. Initially, people probably had fear so that if they got in trouble, adrenaline would kick in and that adrenaline might help them get out of trouble. What we see in the modern age is fear just leveraged to ridiculous extremes to pervert society where everyone is made to be afraid of terrorism global warming, any number of things, you know, the next big bombing or plane accident or shooting, or it it goes on and on and on. This is a method of control. And a good way that I always keep this in my mind is what I say to myself is fear is the mind killer and it has no reality. Now to get back to the basis of Randy's question, what can people do to get on a higher spiritual path? The first thing you can do is to just do away with fear. That is so critically important. When people are brought into a heightened emotional state or a fearful state, they're very malleable and controllable. This is much of what media and the news is about. They leverage this truth. If you can do away with fear in your life, the way that you move forward will be a lot more beneficial. But you've got to realize that when you wake up in the morning and go through your day to the time you go to bed, the vast majority of things you're presented with in the day are going to be fantasy-based things. What are the Kardashians doing? Oh, there was a person beheaded on the other side of the planet. Oh, you know, just any number of things which are complete, non-real, fantasy-based things will occupy your brain cycles. That's what they're designed to do, partially. So if you begin to understand not to buy into any of that, you will begin to change your life. Over the course of a year, 
let me back up a little bit. People have heard me say an awful lot that belief is the enemy of knowing. This is the crux of what uh, Randy is asking and what I am talking about. If you believe a thing, the average person who believes a thing will have entered into that belief without having done any investigation to see if the thing they're about to believe in is worth believing in. For most people, this is true. But worse, once a thing is believed, for many people, it will be very, very difficult to unbelieve that thing later on. But once you believe in a thing, you will no longer see details. And this kind of gives a new view of the old saying, the devil is in the details. Once a person cannot see details, much of the system of deception we see implemented by the ruling class slides right by the vast majority of us. For those people who quit believing everything, um, there is real hope over an extended period of time that the way you think will change and you will again be able to see detail. And while answering Randy's question, I can't well, maybe I won't address spiritual paths. That's an individual endeavor by everyone. What I can tell you is that if you stop believing all these things put in front of you and force things to matter to a point or that you can prove in some way deserve to be believed and you do this over the course of about a year, the way you think will change and the paths you choose to follow, including spiritual, uh, will improve vastly. So let's keep moving here. And by the way, I should mention, you guys are probably hearing my dog in the background. He's got a bad heart, so you'll occasionally hear him coughing and choking. And uh, he likes to complain a lot in general, but he's an older guy. We'll just have to deal with it. All right, the next question comes from Zach. Do you think the elite are Satanists? Are they pushing their Satanic agenda on, on the sheep via TV and music? Uh, I spend a lot of time talking about this, and I think the short answer is absolutely. The problem here is when we say Satanists, what are we talking about? And to get into that in great detail is a whole other show. But I'll give an example. Um, I'll tie this idea directly to popular music. Let's look at, let me choose a song here. How about, how about American Pie? There's a good piece of iconic American music. If we look at the song, uh, there's a couple verses that flat out show the correlation to the royal families, the ruling class. Uh, let me see if I can remember it. Uh, there's a verse that goes something to the effect, uh, when the jester sang for the king and queen in a jacket, no, it, in a jacket that he borrowed, in a jacket he borrowed from James, James Dean and the voice and a voice that came from you and me. Sorry, that's a bit broken up. I should have looked it up before I started to quote it. But what we're looking at is when the jester sang for the king and queen. They're telling you flat out. If <clears throat> if you go further into that song, and this is in so many songs we could break down in this way, but here, let me look it up real quick. Okay, here we go. Um, so here's another verse that kind of shows what we're talking about. The use of the word Jack, um, Black Jack, Jack Black, the actor. These are all encodings of this kind of satanic view. Um, there's verses in this song, and here's one. So come on, Jack, be nimble. Jack, be quick. Jack Flash sat on a candlestick. Remember jumping Jack Flash from the Rolling Stones. Because fire is the devil's only friend. What this song is talking about is the day the music died, right? Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper. 
Oh, and as I watched him on the stage, my hands were clenched in fists of rage. No angel born in hell could break that Satan's spell. And as the flames climbed high into the night to light the sacrificial rite, I saw Satan laughing with delight the day the music died. They're telling you what the death of Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper here were. They were sacrificial rites. And although I maintain nobody died, nobody was got hurt was was hurt in any way, it is a sacrificial rite around death that is being done. And here in this song, they're saying flat out that it was Satan's spell and Satan was laughing with delight. The problem becomes, what actually is Satan? What are we actually talking about here? And uh, maybe in a future show, we can go further into that. But there is no doubt um, that there's a very kind of black magic-y, dark very dark uh, thing going on in all popular television, movies, and TV. And it is all absolutely correlatable to the ruling class, to include the royal families, which is flat out stated in the verse of this song that goes, when the jester sang for the king and queen in a coat he borrowed from James Dean and a voice that came from you and me. Um, if you look at the words and the music you love in a new way and quit believing you understand what it means and look at what the words can mean, I think you'll walk away with a different view of things. All right. The next question is posted by blank. Uh, hackers seem to hack everything. Why do you think that hackers have come forward with pictures of rituals or other indemnifying material of the elite individuals? Okay, let me see if I can... This is written kind of... Uh, let's see... With how loose Hillary was with her security, I have to believe that there is a treasure, treasure trove of damning pictures, video, correspondence that are bound to be picked up by someone. I mean, recently the SWIFT system was breached with hackers, actually stole the bank's money. Impressive indeed. Okay, so I think I understand what, what this question is about. But let me point out one thing here. If you look at these presidential elections and say, well, wait a minute, why is Hillary being so loose with her security? These are staged events. There is no difference between Hillary and Trump or any other presidential candidate you've ever seen. They were picked long ago to be chosen for the spot that they're going to occupy. Um, and the idea that people are actually voting into them into office is laughable. At this point, anyone who really wants a, a glimpse into what our elections have become, take a look at where the votes are counted, all those electronic votes, and think about this. On the night of the election, they start predicting who's going to win well, long before the votes are counted, and they're rarely not right on the mark. How is this possible? Well, we do electronic voting. Last time I looked many years ago, I think the votes are all collected and sent to Tampa, Florida. And then I believe, well, at least back when I looked many years ago, those votes leave Tampa, Florida for a foreign country to be counted. And I think someone tried to nail down the corporation that was doing the counting, but they were jumping from country to country as people got close to identify them. And again, it's been a long time since I looked at this, but you've got to get away from any idea that what you're seeing about the election on TV matters at all. It does not. It is a scripted play. Um, in terms of the other hacking questions here, I'm not sure exactly what's being asked. Okay, moving on. 
Another one from blank. Not sure my original questions went through, so I will reiterate them here quickly. To what degree do you believe disinformation agents or agencies have penetrated alternative media and smaller outlets, blogs, YouTube channels? How do you discern them? What do you think the wave of Muslims invading Western Europe? Do you think the UK will be given a fair vote and leave the EU, or is it fixed in your opinion? The disinformation that we perceive is built into the system, to answer the first part of this. There is no way to use the social media and other things that are provided to us without dealing with the control mechanisms that have been put in place. This is exactly why I work to fund my own website. It doesn't make me 100% free of it, but it sure removes me one heck of a lot. The problem with using YouTube or any other social media outlet is you will have trolls if anything that matters is being said. Some of them will be professional trolls. Other people will be people who have been trained to respond because their worldview is being threatened. And then at the end of the day, the hit counts and everything else on social media are a farce. They mean nothing. Um, It's been proven time and again. Your sub count, your hit count, any number of numbers provided by these social media outlets are a farce. And if you're talking about things that matter, there's a level of control that could be exerted even in just the way your hit count is reported. Okay, the second part of that was about Muslims invading Western Europe. Look, man, Muslims are people. They're human beings. And if you want to go around grouping human beings into one moniker called Muslims, you're doing humankind a disservice. I've met lots of people who are Islamic, who are Muslim, and they've been very kind. As a matter of fact, I've never met a one that I did not think was a great person. So if you fall for this media trap of being trained into referring as a large group of people by a moniker like Muslim or terrorist or anything else, you're being manipulated. Um, The idea that Muslims are invading Western Europe, I can't even address. I'm not there. I can't learn from the media because the media doesn't tell the truth. So in short, unless I had a very good trusted friend who could tell me what they see on the ground, or unless I went there myself, it doesn't even deserve a cycle of my brain power. It has no bearing on my life. But the important thing to walk away with is here is these are human beings. They're not Muslims. They're not terrorists. They're not Islam Islamists. None of that. They're human beings like you and I. They're raising children. They're trying to live in this world, same as you and I. Um, Last thing is about the UK vote. And again, anything that comes through the media is there for a purpose. Um, You cannot make valid judgment on information gained from media. Moving on. Abstone 77. What are your thoughts on what people can do to get to the bottom of the deception? Not just reading books, but maybe people with scopes that can work together or a group of people that can put together a wiki-type database which can log and detail key events, time and details in hopes of finding some type of pattern. So what you're asking about, I think, here is an important question. Um, I have said a lot of times that I will never join a group because that centralizes what you're doing and makes it an easy target for those who would derail it And it forces you, if you want to be part of that group, to adopt the beliefs that are acceptable to that group. In my view, individuals going out and doing what they can do to try to discover something and then presenting it out to the community openly is the way to operate here. 
The problem here with setting up a wiki type database or anything else is the same problem with starting a group. If you hit on something that matters, it is a target now and can be easily derailed. So again, if individuals go out, use their telescopes or any other thing they're looking at or researching, present it to the public, the things that matter will hopefully stick to the wall and get legs. Um, in, doing, in using this method, it decentralizes it and makes it tougher for the troll community or an organized attack to derail what's being shown. All right. This one comes from Francesco. <laughs> There's a number of them here. Um, I'd like you to discuss, if it's possible, your views on the following top topics. The nuclear hoax. Let's take these one at a time. In my view, nukes are, in fact, a hoax. And I will say this for the record. Um, I was already on to the fact that I was not buying into nuclear energy or nuclear weapons. I had begun to break down the footage and the kind of propaganda that has been shown all these years. Back when nukes first came out and so much of this propaganda was prevalent, people did not really have a way to review it over and over. It came across the television or some other medium once. Uh, in this day and age, we can all go back and take these things apart word by word, frame by frame. Um, as an example, I forget how long after the Fukushima hoax occurred that I saw this footage on YouTube. A Japanese man, I think wearing sandals and shorts, put a camera pointed at the supposed nuclear disaster uh, Fukushima power plants all wrecked in the horizon. He put the camera, turned it on, and walked all the way down to where these supposed leaking nuclear reactors were all blown apart, and he walked all over the place. I, the clip, if I can remember, was like 10 or maybe 15 minutes. It's been a long time since I've seen it. And he walks back up to the camera in sandals and shorts and a t-shirt and shrugs his shoulder like, really? Really? And it was not long before that footage, uh, I could not find it on YouTube anymore. But that's when I really began to look and in the case of Fukushima, if you look, it's the historic uh, area of Japan where the samurai, the kind of military arm of the feudal lords, were located. And even into the modern era, they would reenact what the samurai did with authentic, old, you know, armor, swords, all these things. That's what really got me looking at Fukushima. And what I think went on at Fukushima and Chernobyl was a land grab. If you fake a nuclear disaster, um, no one's going to go there. And you can do whatever the hell you want underground or who knows with that land. And what had set me off originally uh, looking at the hoax that nukes are was when Anthony Bourdain took his film crew into Chernobyl. I was around in the 80s and I remember when it happened and I remember at the time we were told how long it would be before anyone could safely go back there and yet here's Anthony Bourdain with his film crew moseying around Chernobyl with a little radiation badge on his shirt uh, and as long as they were out and I don't know what it was an hour or two it was fine they would be fine uh, these things are laughable if you look at them carefully you will see what's going on Dinosaurs is another thing brought up by Francesco. Uh, I have not looked at this carefully, but I have every reason to believe that dinosaurs are also another falsehood designed to show that we could be gone in a minute just like the dinosaurs and to make us feel very vulnerable and uh, small. You know, in the same way that space is described to us. You can't get your head around it. 
Whereas, if any of the recent research that people are doing on this world, how far away the sun and moon are, uh, if any of that's correct, all of a sudden we can get our minds around that. We can get a solid idea of our place in this universe, for lack of a better world. And I think dinosaurs are just part of that. Um, There's something about giants. uh, I'm not going to comment on that now. Organite. Uh, I have used Orgon. And I have every reason to believe that it does have an effect on chemtrails. And uh, I have every reason to believe that it is using positive energy to do that. For people who want to know more, go look up Orgon or Organite. Subatomic particle zoo. This is a good question. Uh, If we want to challenge this world, part of what we're going to end up having to challenge is the orbital model, where everything is spinning and everything is round. Uh, Particles follow this model. But here's the thing. When we were all in school, physics was supposed to be this thing that would work to become one elegant, simple equation that described everything. We were told when I was in high school that was the goal and that's where this was headed. Fast forward to the modern era and we see the exact opposite. We see theorists, theoretical people, have taken over the field. You see it at CERN, which is why I say CERN is not telling you the truth. It's not doing what they say it is doing. These theorists are making up particles. They make up an equation, and to balance that equation, they invent another particle every other day, and we now have what's called the particle zoo. Not only is this a fantasy-based type science, um, it'll never go anywhere. Basically, I, I mean, just go look up the particle zoo if you want to get your head around what's going on here. And I view theoretical physics as an organized way from the top down to derail the entire kind of field of physics. Although I will state there are a lot of physicists that are standing up and crying foul about this. All right, I'm going to move on uh, to a new question here. There were a few more from uh, Francesco, but I've got to try to get through all of this. This one is from Oxic. You have said many times that you do not believe the moon is a rock in space and that this world has been misdescribed to us. What exactly would your best guess that the moon actually is? Without labeling yourself a flat earther, do you in fact believe our world is flat or a planet? What are your personal ideas of what this world we live in might be? This is a good question. And this is a question I've been very careful to answer because every time I have gone at what the moon is, it has created problems. When I used the word hologram, people latched onto that and went after the, you know, what technology it would take to implement a hologram. So I ditched that and started calling it a facade. Then people decided that a facade covers something, so there must be something behind a facade. What I currently say is the moon is not a rock in space. It generates its own light. That's what I have come to say, and that is stated in part of this question. The problem with saying more is I don't have enough evidence or language to describe what I think is going on. But I will say this. In my view, the moon is not a rock in space. It could be called a light because it is generating its own light, in my view. And it is a lot closer than we have been told. Um, A lot of people have problems with this because they've used the standard uh, geometry that we've been handed down through time to demonstrate that, in fact, the NASA quarter of a million, roughly quarter of a million miles distant moon uh, fits that kind of mathematic approach. But I maintain uh, I don't think the sun or the moon is anywhere near the distances we've been told, and uh, I can go into that more and may do an episode in the future on that. 
Um, the flat earth portion of this question. I will never identify myself with the flat earth movement for, for reasons I've already kind of mentioned. Uh, I'm not going to inherit the beliefs that have formed around this organization, and I am very leery of any organization that's been around 200 years or whatever it's been, because in my, feel, my feeling is, if anything's correct about this, uh, that movement was put in place so that it could be infiltrated to derail discussion and kill big, reasonable ideas. So you're asking me what I think it is. Is it flat or is it a planet? I will state here for the first time now that I think the best description of this world we live on is to take the word planet and remove the T on the end of it. I will further state that this appears to be a closed system. And this is another reason that led me to state that nukes are a hoax. Uh, we're in a closed system here and nobody in their right mind who has to live in this closed system would ever pop a nuke. Um, you know, you can figure that out on your own. So there it is. Let's move on. This next question was posted by T. I think there is a dimension at play around us with non-human life that we cannot see. Have you anything on this? Um, no, I don't. I don't have any evidence to talk about this, and I have stated many times that it is very hard to believe that human beings are the only game in town, but the problem here is, is that I've never filmed, seen, or witnessed or been aware of anything tangible that will let me address this. Sorry. Also, from what I can tell, whoever is on top running this is off the charts smart. Smart is not even the word to describe what is in place here. What have you learned? Uh, I say this a lot too. It's almost hard to imagine that human beings are designing some of the deceptive systems we see, and I have attributed it to probably human beings who have not been subject to the chemicals, bad food, polluted water and all the other things that the majority of us consume and not only that they've always had access to the good information and maybe much further down the kind of and I hate to use this word evolutionary scale than the rest of us because they have worked towards ascending the ladder and even that is the wrong word because in my view they're not ascending anything they're descending something but that does not remove the fact that what we see is almost like super computer mind-blowing intelligent all right i'm going to move on to the next question here chris marino do you think the sun and moon are revolving around us under the firmament if there is one um this is a tough question to go at because to make statements about it we need evidence and while we do have some evidence I have stated many times, the sun and moon are not the distance from our world that we have been told. I have stated that it is likely space is water or liquid. Knowing this, the idea that the moon and sun are revolving around anything begins to disintegrate if you follow this line of reasoning that I have laid down. Having said that, we need to do more work and I need to get more evidence to intelligently go at them much further. All right, the next one. Rhonda or Matthias, could you explain your ideas about space being water? I think it was about a year after I filmed the lunar wave in 2012 and began to realize what the footage meant that I began to consider this idea. Uh, and even before that, long before that, having studied religious texts, Christianity, Buddhism, other religious texts that everyone's aware that the statement is made that there's a firmament above our head that separates water from water. Um, what finally led me to believe that 
space's water was not only the lunar wave footage, uh, not only my defocusing and over-focusing of lights in the sky that gives us the liquid pattern in the defocus image we can get, but the study of ancillary things that have nothing to do with telescope work, namely what is presented to us in media, movies, language, um, books, like the book Dune. Um, I am rereading the entire series of Dune because of the incredible subtext in that whole series that is absolutely encoding uh, our reality, not some imagined place called Dune, but our reality. Um, it tells you quite a bit. The main key that led me to do the announcement was when I had finally seen so much language um, that I couldn't ignore it anymore. And actually, let me get a browser window up here, and I will refer to the Kennedy speech. I just went back to the speech that John F. Kennedy made on September 12th, of course, 1962. I wonder if somewhere in the world it was September 11. September 11 is never far from the major events and lies that shape our history. He starts one of the paragraphs by saying this about the, we call it the moon speech, I guess. We set sail on this new sea because there is new knowledge to be gained and new rights to be won. Rights to be won. If you go back and look at that JFK speech and take it word by word, line by line, you will see what is going on. Uh, it's, a, it's a complete spell. As a matter of fact, if you go on YouTube and look at the video, I think he says we're going to the moon three times to start casting the spell. And it's funny the way it's done because you don't notice. Like if someone came up to you and said, we're going to the moon, we're going to the moon, we're going to the moon, you'd say, that's funny. They just said that to me three times. JFK does that in the speech, but it's kind of put together in a way where it doesn't stick out so obviously. But you can't get away from language and language has meaning. We set sail on this new sea because there is new knowledge to be gained and new rights to be won. Go back and look at that speech. Anyhow, moving on. All right, that's it for the first part uh, on crow777radio.com. The second hour will run and we cover, uh, I'm just going to do the full list of what gets covered. Chemtrails, NASA lies, moon illusion, flat earth, the age of deception, the ruling class, royalty, the sun, death, fake celebrity death, death hoaxes, Satanists, the devil, lyrics and songs, politics, how to learn like a human being, belief is the enemy of knowing, dinosaurs, the nuclear hoax, Chernobyl, Fukushima, organite, aliens, our world's actual shape, if space is water, the lunar wave, the Charles Manson and O.J. Simpson hoaxes, ancient books, history, true or false, Procession of the Equinoxes, Astrology, the Financial System, and the Debt System, Satellite Hoax, CERN, Portals, the Distance to Stars, to the Sun, and Moon. We talk about Disneyland, uh, It's a Small World After All, Eclipses, the Global Warming Hoax, and the Fake Prince and Bowie Death. So um, that's actually a very good second hour. Come join me over at crow777radio.com. There it is. Cheers. Cheers.